Hello and welcome to this episode of Coaching Chaos. This is episode number 22. I am really beginning to understand more and more about prayer and I've talked about it before and it has been something that I have really been struggling with and I'm trying to figure things out as best as I can and uh, the things that I've come across even just this morning in my reflections and study have given me so much hope. I came upon this um, this quote by a friend who was listening to somebody else's podcast, Jennifer Allwood. Jennifer Allwood, A-L-L-W-O-O-D. I believe in highlighting other people because everybody is trying to reach hopes and dreams. And my goals are simply to bring one more person to Christ, to bring one more person to feel at peace with themselves and within their world and their family, and to be able to be more mindful in how they live their life. And that is my hope and my goal in sharing with you today. Well, this quote says, if you are waiting for the perfect time, the perfect situation, the perfect anything, it is never going to happen. I love you enough to tell you this. What you are really doing is waiting because you are scared. And the thing you are holding on to instead of putting out into the world is likely something that someone else needs. And by you holding on to it, you are preventing them from being able to move forward. So when I read that, it gave me such a feeling of, I've got to continue this. I've got to continue moving forward. This is what I am to do. And I'm not going to be afraid. Satan is going to continue to try to prevent me from sharing my voice and my testimony. Temptations and trials are going to continue to swirl about me but I am going to continue forth in study and prayer and relying on my Heavenly Father for guidance and direction. And I pray that you might receive guidance and direction by just some of the things that I share with you. Today in Gen Con 365, the conference talk is Revelation for the Church. Revelation, let's see, Revelation for the Church Revelation for Our Lives by Russell M. Nelson from April 2018. He had just become prophet. And I I hate to admit this, but he was one of my least favorite speakers as I grew up as an adult in in, uh, the church and began listening to conference much later on in my youth, later teenage years in my early adulthood. I didn't really care for Elder Nelson at the time. I just wasn't entirely excited, I guess I could say, when he was the next speaker. But I have fallen in love with our prophet. I love him. I am so grateful for his, his revelation, for his guidance. And it came at such an incredibly needed time. And Heavenly Father, it just goes to show you how he is truly in the details of all of our lives because he's given us this prophet just exactly for such a time as this. But I grew to love the prophet when he shared 
details about his childhood, I related to him. He talks about one one day when he jumped onto a streetcar in downtown Salt Lake and he went to an LDS bookstore to find a book about the church. He wasn't raised in a gospel-loving environment. He loved learning about the gospel, though, and I imagine he was probably a drop-off pickup child just like I was, and I loved Actually, I have to admit this, that his parents weren't members or active in the church. They had alcohol downstairs in the basement. And when he grew and began to understand more about the word of wisdom, he went downstairs into the cellar, he said, and he smashed every single one of the liquor bottles. He was wanting so much for his parents to be practicing members of the church. And one year for Christmas, he said, I don't want one more Christmas present. I just want to be sealed to my parents. And he said that that did not happen until his parents were 80 years old. And what a wonderful, wonderful day that that was for him. Uh, Something that he has come to understand that as a prophet in this church, how the Lord is so willing to reveal his greatest revelation and the greatest gifts of God to each of us as his children. And when he said that in this conference talk and shared with us about his childhood, I had so many memories of my own childhood enter into my mind, such things that I've shared before that I was the child uh, with my other my siblings, my sisters, that we would be dropped off and we'd attend church alone and then we'd sit on the curb and wait for our parents to come back and get us. I remember when the big gold Cordova would pull up in front of us and we'd all hop in the back seat and seatbelts weren't important and we laid up on the, the back of the 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 back window and enjoyed the warmth of the sunshine entering in and seatbelts weren't important. But we all were wearing our best dresses and mom made sure that we had black patent leather shoes and little lace socks and she sewed up our dresses for us and and she went to church at times with us, but not, not always. And my dad did not ever go to church with us and I know that that is something he deeply, deeply regrets in his life now as he is an active member of the church. I remember being at my grandparents' house and seeing... Um, the alcohol all over and under cupboards and on display in cabinets and the the smoking that they did Lucky Strike was their brand and uh, we would pick up cigarette butts on the driveway out in the front of the house and we'd be pretending as little girls would or as children would because they're mimicking what they've seen and they were smoking around the clock smoking in their bed, smoking in the morning, smoking while they were doing the lawn, doing the laundry, making breakfast. They had a cigarette hanging out of the corner of their mouth, always. Um, It was something that I was accustomed to, just thought that that's what you did. But for some reason, I never took it upon myself to smoke a cigarette. I never took it upon myself to have any amount of alcohol. Just like President Nelson, there was something within him that he knew that it was wrong and he wanted greater things for his life. And I knew within myself that it was wrong for me to take or partake of any of that. I remember one Thanksgiving year, my grandma was having a glass of wine and it was this beautiful red color and she 
asked me here do you want to do you want a drink of this it's it's strawberry and i knew that it i knew it i knew within me that no it is wrong and i just said no thanks grandma and there were times when we would set the table and she would always come with a flask in her purse and she would go and pour some of her whiskey into the water glasses that were sitting at the table and usually it was not a problem because they always had their spot at the kitchen table where they would have Sunday dinner with us. Well, one time my mom moved the table out into the yard and it was just in a different atmosphere and we had different place settings. And grandma went out there and poured her alcohol into her chosen spot. And all of us were running around looking for Easter eggs and collecting candy and it was it was a warm afternoon and I ran over to the table because mom always had the glasses filled up with water and, and lots of ice until dinner was served and I ran over to the table and just picked up one of the glasses and I chugged that water and just as I put down that empty glass my throat was burning and I went running into the house screaming that I had just had some of grandma's drink and they laughed. They thought that was the funniest thing. And my grandma told me that I was going to get a bruise on the right side of my forehead. And I remember her tapping her forehead, telling me that this bruise was going to show up soon because I drank that. I was petrified. I ran to the mirror in the bathroom numerous times the rest of that afternoon waiting for that bruise to appear. I knew within me that it was wrong. I never partook of it and I it was it was available to me. I could have had coffee at any time. So when President Nelson became a, the prophet and he was sharing these stories of his childhood, I grew to love him immediately that he wasn't from this perfect righteous stake president father background. I remember when my parents would on Sunday afternoons walk down to the pizza parlor on the corner and have dinner or they would go get Mexican food and I was growing in my my testimony and my understanding of sacred things and especially that of keeping the Sabbath day holy and I remember when my parents were planning on walking down to the pizza parlor and I love pizza I love pizza and I love Mexican food but I declined and I said no I'm not going and mom said, why? Why aren't you coming to have dinner? I said, well, because it's Sunday and I don't feel right about eating out on Sunday. And she just shrugged and away they went and she pulled a little red wagon and there went my parents and my siblings down to Round Table Pizza in Fresno, California and just for Sunday dinner. And I began to decline having dinner out on Sunday. I just knew that it was wrong. What is wrong with me? How come I am so... <laughs> much different than my own children and many people in the world who don't recognize Sunday as a day of worship and to be observed as something very special. And I love my Sundays. I'm so grateful for them for a special day set aside for worshiping our Father in Heaven and getting to take of the sacrament. A day that I can just really have a nap and rest and and pray and attend church. It's a special day for me. And I'm grateful that I have that testimony. It truly is a gift of the Spirit. 
some of the things I'm, I'm dealing with right now is just prayer and the purpose of it. And I have no problem praying on a regular basis daily throughout the day to my Father in Heaven. But if it is His will, why are we asking for things? And it's really been, it's really perplexed my mind. And yet, I read about the prophet Joseph Smith and how he set a pattern for us in resolving our personal questions to draw on the promise of James that if we lack wisdom to ask of God and to go directly to Heavenly Father and to seek personal revelation and that Joseph Smith showed us that in this last dispensation that Heavenly Father is there and he will reveal to us those things that he wants for us and without prayer we are kind of in the dark and without guidance and direction and through prayer he will reveal his will to us so in like manner just as Joseph Smith did this is also part of President Nelson's talk what are you seeking what wisdom do you lack what do you feel an urgent need to know or to understand and he suggests that we follow the example of the prophet he quotes elder Neil a Maxwell To those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, it is clear that the Father and the Son are giving away the secrets of the earth. Nothing opens the heavens quite like the combination of increased purity, exact obedience, earnest seeking, daily feasting on the words of Christ in the Book of Mormon and regular time in prayer. So I'm reading an ether about the brother of Jared, Ether One. This is also a part of the Come Follow Me program. In 33, it says, which Jared came forth with his brother and their families with some other families from the great tower at the time the Lord confounded the language of the people. And I love this part of the Book of Mormon because it It's where the Book of Mormon and the Bible stories cross, particularly for me, where I recognize where in in the course of time that the Book of Mormon stories and the Bible stories cross paths. And this great family was there at the Tower of Babel, and they were worried about not being able to understand each other. And these people were scattered upon all the face of the earth. And the brother of Jared was favored of the Lord and he cried unto him that he would not confound his language from his his own family that they would be able to understand one another's words and so he he did cry unto the Lord and the Lord had compassion upon Jared therefore he did not confound the language of Jared and Jared and his brother were not confounded to each other And then he cried again unto the Lord that Heavenly Father's anger would be turned away from his friends, that their language would not be confounded from one another. So it came to pass, and this is from 37, that the brother of Jared did cry unto the Lord, and the Lord had compassion upon their friends and their families, also that they were not confounded. And 
through prayer and seeking out help from the Lord, the Lord had compassion upon them. And it came to pass that the Lord did hear the brother of Jared and had compassion on him. And then he instructed him what to do next, to go and gather flocks, both male and female, and raise up seed and upon all the face of the earth. And he says, I will help thee, and I will do this unto thee, because this long time ye have cried unto me. And that's exactly what my sister said a little while back when I sent her a text about how loyal she is to pray, about asking again, asking again, asking again. And I sent that to her because I said, this reminds me of you, how you are always so loyal and faithful about asking again, asking even again, and and trusting in the process. And she said, yeah, it just is a matter of taking time for the wheels to be placed in motion. And I have been thinking so much about that, about being patient as his wheels are put in motion according to his plan. And it's up to us to just be patient. And she says, we don't know how long it takes for for prayer to actually happen for us, that the needed blessings. And it's just a matter of being patient to ask again, ask again, and not to be afraid or, or doubting. And doubting is what I'm really good at. Are you good at doubting? <laughs> or you could write along with me with doubting. I wish that I wasn't such a a doubter. And in one of my previous podcasts about anguish and answers, there's that wonderful post that I read from someone else's Facebook about asking again. We live in a world that is complex and increasingly contentious. The constant availability of social media and a 24-hour news cycle bombards us with relentless messages. This is also from Elder President Nelson's 2018 talk. If we are to have any hope of sifting through the myriad of voices and the philosophies of men that attack the truth, we must learn to receive revelation. He said, our Savior and Redeemer Jesus Christ will perform some of his mightiest works between now and when he comes again. We will see marvelous indications that God the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ, preside over this church in majesty and glory. But in coming days, it will not be possible to survive spiritually without the guiding, directing, comforting, and promises that are made to us. But we first must inquire. We must first ask and seek for that revelation. We must prepare our hearts and minds to be open to receive revelation. And that is only going to happen, as he says, by exact obedience. By seeking out his his will through prayer and scripture and attending the temple or making sure that we have our temple recommend 
doing all of those things, nothing opens the heavens quite like the combination of increased purity, exact obedience, earnest seeking, daily feasting on the words of Christ in the Book of Mormon. I love that quote in his conference talk. My sister-in-law, who sends me things regularly about her own personal study. Thank you so much, Stacy. And this is something I've read before, and it's just something I'm learning to understand better and better and better, and it comes from prayer in uh, the church's dictionary about what prayer is. The object of prayer is not to change the will of God, but to secure for ourselves and for others blessings that God is already willing to grant, but that are made conditional on our asking for them. We simply need to ask. I love in Ether One how he says, I will do this for thee because this long time ye have cried unto me. We don't know when things will be revealed to us as to what we need to do or the direction we need to go, but it's just a matter of patience for his hand to be revealed as to what we are to do. But I am so grateful that I have a loving Heavenly Father who guides and leads me along and that I strive to keep the Spirit with me each day and to keep my Sabbath day holy. I believe that there is power in choosing God first because when we choose God first, we have His power with us. And I leave these words with you, hoping that you have found strength and power within them and that you will turn and seek revelation for yourself on your next step in your day and the prayers that you so greatly stand in need of, I pray that they may come into your life in just the right time. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Coaching Chaos. I am Shari Reynolds, and if you feel that there is someone that needs my words this day, I pray that you will forward this on to them, share with them my love for the gospel and my love for you, Whoever you are, I love you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time.